Coming up on Money Beat, the Federal Reserve met the market's expectations, and the market likes having its expectations met. And Canada Goose, the cold weather coat maker, going public in an increasingly hot IPO market. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City. Uh, glad to be back in the studio because yesterday there was 0% chance of me getting in here. Grosser. Just no way with the storm that I was coming in. Yeah, Paul does, Paul does not do, as, as most people in New Jersey cannot handle <laughs> snow. It's not that I couldn't handle it. Buses weren't running. I had no way to get in. I was not, it was no way for me I, to get I, in. My it was bad my, where my I was. My understanding is you have a new car. Well, I can't. I'm not driving my new car into New York City. It's got four-wheel drive. In a storm? No way. It's a new car. I'm saying pretty much all of them. It's like like New York City's this crime-ridden place where it's just going to get hit. I'm a storm. It's going to get hit. It's going to get dinged. I'm not driving my new car into New York City. Just saying most of the market's reporters were all in their seats yesterday. We all made it in. Oh, boy. If you cared, Paul, (laughs) effort. Listen, I'm not taking my brand new Maserati into New York City. I don't have a Maserati. That's a total, total joke. Uh, Anyhow, I'm glad to be here. Happy to be back. Sorry we missed you yesterday. But today, boy, big happenings out of Washington, D.C. And if you're in the markets, what do you care about primarily? Of course, you care about the Federal Reserve Board and what they did on interest rates. Uh, But Corey Drebush... Chris Dietrich, Steve Grosser, Paul Vigna, who wants to, who wants to, what, what, I'm sorry, what, Grosser? I was just going to say, I mean, did it surprise anyone? Corey, were you surprised? No. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, they very well telegraphed that they were going to raise rates. I always 25 hoped, basis I points. always hoped for a surprise every Fed day. I always want them to do something a little different, yeah. either raise them 50 or nothing at all, just for just for the surprise factor. Right. Um, or even like 35 basis yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Change no. it up. Throw us a curveball. They um, telegraphed yeah. it and they did it. Although the market seemed pleasantly surprised about mm-hmm. um, the signaling of just three rate hikes this year. I think after all of the speeches and remarks over the last few weeks by Fed officials that were trying so hard to show we're ready for one rate hike, some folks started to get a little nervous in the market that maybe they were going to go all in this right. year and be very aggressive and raise rates maybe four times or which, more. Which is actually a pretty big swing from where we were two weeks ago because yeah. you remember you know interest rates were rising and the fed it was like what you were talking about this uh, chris 30 percent chance of them raising rates yeah nobody thought i mean it was you were you were in the minority if you thought they were going to raise rates today as recently as three weeks ago two and a half weeks ago so it right. is pretty amazing how they were able to rally um, everybody around the idea that this was a near certainty today, considering. But um, they were, and they did. And really what everyone was watching, right, as Corey, you, you said, was, well, what does this mean for what comes next? And they pretty much stuck to the guns. They're, they're three this three this year, three next year, maybe three and three, possibly four in 2019, which is interesting. Which is so far out, too. So far out. But... Right. I mean, so they're saying that nothing changed in recent months. Right. right. So, right. OK. Right. No, no, mac- no macroeconomic changes. It's pretty interesting considering we've had many, many data points come out. We've had a lot of uncertainty about, like, what could happen with fiscal policy, what's going on with the administration. So interesting. But in the market reaction, Corey, right, pretty interesting as well. 
stocks rally, bonds rally, bonds rally, gold rally. It was a dovish hike. Right, oxymoron of the day, dovish hike. Right. Which they've been doing a lot of lately. No, I mean, I think there there are a couple of things going on. I think the Fed really had to, and it wasn't just because the economy, like, ignore for a moment whether the economy is improving and the Fed had to hike because of that. Mm -hmm. If they were going to actually keep on their path this year, they sort of had to hike now because if they're really going to hit the three right right um you know and and also have optionality if the market if you know the trump administration got a lot of the fiscal policy tax cuts all that stuff through and if that had started really revving up the economy like they need this gives them a little bit of that optionality then on the other hand as chris pointed out inflation you know is getting is gaining traction is getting close to their rate um Sentiment surveys have been, you know, very strong. Right. You know, like they felt and financial conditions, which is a huge part of, you know, the, you know, why, you know, causing the Fed to raise continue to loosen. So, I mean, like the Fed arguably had to raise rates from an economic standpoint. What's interesting, though, is how much they talked it up, I think, has gotten people wondering if the Fed's going to find itself behind the curve. If the economy is essentially going to heat up faster, then the Fed's going to be raising rates. Is it, you know, already? And some are even wondering if it's already behind. Well, uh, I mean, you thought they were behind back in uh, 2009. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I would, I, I, like Neil Cash Carey, I could take the other side of that argument. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not an argument. I mean, it's just like, or, or, that's, that's know, what people are wondering. Right, right. I mean, you know, you're talking about the, are they, are they too far behind the curve? Are they hiking into an economy that is weakening? Well, what, what, I, what I also find interesting with you making this argument, Paul, is you felt for years, this is, you, like, I think Paul in the morning gets in the shower and just argues with himself about <laughs> that policy because you have taken for years the argument that the, the rates that. are too low, the rates are too low, rates are too low, the Fed's propping up the market, this well, is wrong. I mean, look, and then you've taken the other side of it that the economy is not strong enough to support rates. You've taken both sides. I, I think rates are unnaturally low, have been for years, and they, they should be higher. Even if they shouldn't be oppressively high, they, they should be higher. than Where they are right now, I think, is, is just – it's a reckless it, – it, it's too low. It's too low. It can only lead to problems down the road. You know, that said uh, – you know, should they have raised rates? You can make an argument that they should not have. I mean, you look at the we're talking about today the, the Atlanta Fed's GDP right. tracker. You know, and this is this is what's really interesting. I, we're, I'm going to write this post gross. We were talking about this in the newsroom today. Uh, I don't. You probably didn't hear this, Corey. Cause yeah. You said a couple. Of, but if you look at the Atlanta Fed and the New York Fed, both of them have these GDP trackers that they are more or less. You know, and I'm using air quotes. Uh, real time. You know, they update them as new information comes out. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Fed updated theirs this morning on Wednesday morning, and they lowered it to 0.9 for the first quarter. So they see GDP in the first quarter coming in at 0.9%, very low. That is low. The New York Fed, and I believe they will update theirs on Friday, they see it at 3.2%. You know, and those aren't even – that isn't even a small difference of opinion. Those are – You're going to quote Steve Grosser here. I am. The, the, as Grocer pointed out, which is why we're going to do this, those are basically two different economies. Mm-hmm. 
which one is right is is the question. Right. Can you know? Can this economy rise above the two percent that it's been kind of kind of medium, yeah, medium pace, right? And and there was data today that like labor market's improving. There's no question. Inf- inflation is rising. No question. But then you get things like retail sales today, which I think was up zero point one percent. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of iffy, not great. I think that was what kind of the input maybe that that no, that, that bummed that out. Was, that was exactly the input, right? So I mean, you you can find a lot to make both sides of the argument, but I mean, it would seem that so far today, if if the goal of the Fed right is to not get expectations going too much in one direction, they actually did a pretty good job in yeah. recent weeks, kind of like setting everybody up for this almost out of nowhere, right? And 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 yet markets reacted positively. So yeah. From a messaging perspective, they seem like they did a really good job today. Dick can't argue that market liked it. They did what they wanted to do, what they set out to do. They they kept on target. Yeah, no, and it is. I mean, right. like say what you will, but it's it's a turning point, right? We're now in a phase where we're going to get multiple hikes every year for year. I mean, they've been saying they would do that in twenty fifteen. Wow. We think. We think. <laughs> think. Yeah. Right, but I mean, it does seem to be turning this corner, and that's that's pretty significant in and of yeah. itself. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Again, th- things things you've brought up on this podcast, even grosser. Like, y- you look at what's happening down in Washington, and there was a lot of big talk after the election about health care reform, tax reform, stimulus spending, three four percent GDP growth, and the first one, health care, is. You know, it, it's rocky right now about how far they're going to get with that. So a, a lot of these growth expectations are predicated on something happening in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Except, except for the feds, right? I mean, the Fed seems yeah. like they've done – they've intentionally – of course, they're not trying to anti, antagonize anyone in the administration. But, I mean, their their growth estimates don't incorporate any of this. They're calling for 2 percent, 2.1 maybe. right. So it is interesting to see what what will actually happen, and if if you know there's so much political capital expended on on healthcare reform and and not anything on this on the sort of tax cuts that everyone in the market is hoping for. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. It'll be interesting. No, I mean I, you have an economy that is in a wait and see mode. Yeah, and I think this you know that, that's what getting back to the optionality. I think the Fed's move today. Leaves it well positioned for whatever happens. Yeah, or is better. Yeah. I shouldn't say well positioned because I think they would have long liked to have, uh, you know, um, rates higher than this is. But this gives them the most optionality depending on which direction the economy right. goes in. The I will, I'll just say one before, one thing before we go to break, and this is one question uh, or two things. Um, oil, like I think that is a wild card. Mm-hmm. Right now, to uh, point, the yeah. Fed policy, um, <laughs> if we keep producing and OPEC goes back on the caps, right. then you know, oil really did create a headache for the Federal Reserve and the central banks around the world um, from two thousand from the end of two thousand fourteen into last year. The other one is the dollar reaction. I thought today was was interesting. Yeah. Totally plunged, right? Yeah. Totally plunged. It was the biggest. I think it was the biggest mover. Yeah, in um, oil, just I think this this was the eighth day of the price of oil falling. Yeah. I mean, that would really hurt inflation yeah. if we keep seeing this. No, coming. I mean you have you have inflation problems. You know, concerns that are going to come or deflation concerns that will rise. You know, come up with oil coming going down. 
Um, and then on the other hand, you have a, a manufacturing sector that had shown since from last year's first quarter to this year's first quarter really strong improvement and recovery. But you know, a lot of that was also due to the price of oil recovering. Right. All right. Let's take that break. Uh, we have an important message for you. And when we come back, hey, uh, in in the big storm, if you got hit by, did you wish that you had a really really warm coat, a super warm coat, like nine hundred dollars worth of warm? There's a company that wants to sell you that coat. They're going public. We'll talk about them next. The Claude Three Model Family from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com Claude today. I'm Veronica Dagger, and I want to retire rich. How about you? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. We'll help you get there. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul and Stephen coming to you from our studios in New York City, joined today by Corey Drebush and Chris Dietrich. And if you like what you're hearing, and we certainly hope that you do, and you're interested in more podcasts from the Wall Street Journal, you can check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. Of course, we're on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts, and you can subscribe. You can become a subscriber, and, and all this great stuff, it'll come right into your device, your mobile device, your tablet, your iPad, your desktop, whatever you, whichever you prefer, your car, I guess, right? It's cars now. Uh, you can become a subscriber on iHeartRadio, Amazon Echo, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, your Google Play Music app, and look, we want to talk about Canada Goose. This is an interesting IPO, but before we do that, we have to talk about Cowboy Poker. I'm sorry, Grocer. We, and the we long, have and the to long, discuss this. And the long list of things that are new to Paul being here, but nobody else. Hey, what? No, that no, is not true. new to the rest of us. Well, yeah, because you're just northeast elite, except for Chris. I am from the Midwest. Oh. So, yeah, Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Corey yeah. and I yeah. both come from you're, you're, rodeo. And, and oh. he's from Denver. I've been to a rodeo or two. I've never seen yeah. cowboy poker. You're like so, the blue state we land in on the way to, you know, the northeast uh, elite. By the way, on, on the by the way uh, Massachusetts, who's more New England than you? Who's more northeast of liberal? elite than you. It's true, but I've also <laughs> lived in uh, Georgia. I've lived in uh, Illinois, Illinois oh, but rural Anyhow, Illinois. So, so we're, we're in the hallway waiting to come in here to do the podcast, and Dietrich says, you got to see this thing my cousin just sent me. We said, what is it? He said, cowboy poker. I said, never heard of it before. Uh, and the story is not going to be quite as good because we can't show you the video. But do, do yourselves a favor and go Google cowboy poker if you've never heard of it and watch a video as we're telling you this story because it is unbelievable. Believable. So, so Chris, your cousin sends you this video, right? He's he, po- he posted on the Instagram. He's out. He lives out the in California. Instagram. The, the Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> and uh, it uh, it basically look. It's a video of four four dudes with cowboy hats sitting in an arena with their feet up on this on this table, waiting, 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 and then out of nowhere, this bull just comes, just running, just steamrolls this guy. And uh, it just says hashtag cowboy poker. So I asked him, I was like, what are the rules to this? And he's like, well, simple and elegant. You sit there and they let a bull run in the arena. And the last guy 
Last man sitting without moving wins. I think it should be noted your cousin won, right? So here's the update. This is a live update on on the air. I said, what did you win? He's like, well, you didn't see the other video of me getting hit. It was too long for Instagram, so I cut it down. He didn't win. He got hit, too. Wow. He got hit by the bull. Oh, my God. And he lived. The first guy who got hit by the bull, it it looked like he got killed. I mean, that (laughs) thing hit him. It was like a car. And the the greatest thing is this guy gets hit, and the other two dudes they still st- they still sit there. Like even after the bull attacks you, you have to still sit there to win. Nerves of steel, man. So who yeah. the guy who won? What did he get? Did your cousin tell no, you? No, it's not clear. It's not clear what he wins. Maybe maybe it's just uh, self respect, yeah. bragging rights. Bragging rights. Those are bragging rights. Good grief! All right, uh, cowboy poker, folks. There you go. We're always bringing you the new the new stuff to us, and I bet a lot of other people out there, grocer. Just because you're cool and you heard of cowboy poker. Well, I, I'm assuming you just heard of Canada Goose jackets uh, in the last week, right, Ball? Yeah, pretty much. Although I have to admit, <laughs> I've seen the coats. I just didn't know what they yeah, were. They're everywhere. They're every. They are everywhere. Especially when it snows, like it snowed yesterday. Right. So it seemed like perfect timing when I actually made it into the office yesterday. Kinda, Unlike anyone else in this I, room, I think. I kind of um. feel like Canada Goose jackets for like New Yorkers and a lot of people on the subway wear them. Like I've been on like in like in subway cars where I'm like the only person not wearing a Canada Goose jacket. Yeah. Like they're kind of like, you know, people in the suburbs buying an SUV. Like you don't really need that much protection. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, and I definitely rode the subway yesterday with a couple people wearing Canada Goose parkas, and I took a picture because I was coming into the office, and today I knew that Canada Goose is actually pricing its IPO. It's dual listing in Canada on the Toronto Stock Exchange and in New York on the New York Stock Exchange, and it's trying to raise up to 300, or at the midpoint, 300 million Canadian dollars. And they picked a perfect time, as it turns out. Who would have thought in the middle of March we'd be having a huge snowstorm on the Northeast and everyone would be thinking about Canada Goose? So. It's interesting they didn't try to get time it in winter, you know, proper, but they well, made it. The IPO market wasn't looking necessarily yeah, so great right. <laughs> in the well, winter. And that's what's interesting, right? So we had the Snap IPO went off, they made a lot of money. Now you're having this one, which is not not as high profile. And as you mm-hmm. pointed out, not as certainly not as much money. Of course. But, but a decent amount. Um, I mean, are, are are we seeing any momentum in the IPO market? We've definitely seen in terms of uh, new filings also, Okta um, mm-hmm. uh, and MuleSoft, these are tech companies, have filed to go public. So we're definitely, the spring is going to see some pickup as long as we don't see a disastrous I mean, equity, equity issuance is up like 90 some odd percent this year well, for US. From, but, virtually yes, nothing. I mean, virtually nothing, but yeah. still like that's still a, up, that's, yeah. that, that's not a minor up yes, either. <laughs> that's true. But we also had no IPOs in the month of January last year and I think only two or three in the month of February in 2016. Well, and, so. and that, right. that might be fair. Yeah. In, in all, I will say like equity, equity issuance is um, its fourth highest level for US equity issuance is at its fourth highest level. Um, year to date so far this year, and on top of that, revenue from um, equity issuance is uh, is really rebounded. It's up over a hundred percent. In the IPO market, it's up almost five hundred percent. So we are seeing a rebound. Yes, this year. Yes, we're. I mean, it's not like you know two thousand. How much of that is how much of that is Snap? 
lot. Snap Snap was a lot. Snap was about I think ninety seven point eight million dollars in fees. If you're talking about the wow. revenue, yeah, yeah, um, and you know it's and it, in it money raised too. That was one of the biggest IPOs we've yeah. seen. Yeah, it's wor- it's probably worth noting at this point that although there were these sort of two euphoric uh, days for Snap, that's a stock that's down thirty percent since the second day that's been trading. So, from you know, its opening price, not from IP, it's not it hasn't no, that's fallen right. below its IPO price. That's that right. The opening price on the secondary market, right? So if you mm-hmm. if you got in, you know, if you're uh, a colleague of ours wrote about how, you know, many millennials were using their phones and buying, you know, 20 somethings um, trying to get it on Snap, those people are probably underwater. But if yeah. you're a mutual fund company, right, that got that got part of the IPO price. Nope, you're sitting on a sitting on a game. Mm-hmm. The 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 other big uh, the other big topic of conversation in Bloggers Cove today was how to make a clever lead that involves <laughs> Snap and teens. The, this is what we do. Right? This is what yeah. we do. Right. Sna- teens like Snapchat. Did that go out? Did now the mean? stock is trading in the teens. Right. It's good. It's That's perfect. great. Oh, it's, it zings. It zings. Let's let's get back to Canada goose okay. for a moment. No, um, one of the things is this does this is not like Snap in any way. No, um, this is a company that's what six roughly decades old, something like that. Yeah, it was founded in 1957. I want to say okay. in a warehouse wow. in Toronto. Yeah. Um, so th- this this reminds me of Yeti. Um, which I don't think ever got off the ground. Oh gosh! Yeah, what was Yeti? Yeti was the cooler. Yeah, and, yeah. And, oh and they God, made, but yeah. they what what really got them popular? Like the coolers are very popular for outdoorsmen um, because they you know they store their fish and the whatever they're hunting in because they're uh, really strong. But it was also the coffee mugs. The coffee mugs had exploded and been a lot a big part of the revenue. As any loyal listener of this podcast knows, I love my Yeti coffee mug. Um, <laughs> But uh, like that, like it really found this like niche and took off. Mm-hmm. And tar- and this is not a new company. This is a company that's been around for years. Um, it, it was, I think, private equity owned. But it started taking off. And this is sort of a very similar yeah. thing with Canada and th- Goose. And Canada Goose is major- for- and its majority owned by Bain. Yeah, capital. And so it's it's one of these companies that's been around for years. Its product all of a sudden catches on, is becomes a hot trend, and now it's you know trying to cash in on that. Yeah, and, and I mean it's it's true. It's it's definitely too early to tell if this is going to be a continuation. But we have seen since just 2014, when most of its revenue, like if you look at compared the Canadian revenues versus the U.S. revenues versus the rest of the world, the rest of the world definitely gets kind of the biggest chunk. But um, Canadian revenue, but by far exceeded the U.S. revenue, and now U.S. revenue exceeds. Canadian revenue in fiscal year 2016. Wow. And I think they're trying to get into um, other markets too. I believe Germany. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly, but I believe in their uh, filing, their F1 filings. It's Canadian. They were talking about just expanding even more. It makes sense. The fancy coat market, right? It's like the yeah. Monk, the Monkler, I think is the other one. That's, yes, right? that is their big These things are, how much are these coats? The Canada Goose, their signature parka, is nine hundred dollars. So now I look at everyone who's wearing these coats around very differently and right. thinking, "Wow, you dropped nine hundred dollars on that huge parka." Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I thought because I had seen those around, but I didn't know what they were. I got to. I thought they were like just some kind of cheap knockoff. You know, I never heard. I didn't know what the little logo on the side. Lo- I didn't know what it was. I swear to God, I thought they were just some weirdo cheap. <laughs> You know, I like figured it was a few hundred bucks. Century 21, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like the hot thing. 
$900. So I guess the question, too, is also this this isn't a new trend, despite Paul. We'll ignore Paul for a second. <laughs> despite it Paul, is kind of new, though. No, in the last it's year been, or it's so. Been, it's been for going on for a couple of years now. Yeah, I remember seeing really we'll seeing bring, them last year. We'll bring yeah. Dana Mattioli, who's owned it for at least three years, her jacket. Early she adopter. Would be, she early would be adopter. Early adopter. But Very that, that raises a question. He's like, <laughs> in a, with all these sort of trend companies, like, you know, where's their growth going to come from? If you're buying that IPO, where are you like what how how are they going to grow this business? Remember Crocs? Yeah, exactly. Remember that one right. public? I got another one for you. Okay. Healy. Do you know what that was? No. That was oh, the no. the one that like those sneakers with the balls uh, the rollers on oh, the bottom. Oh man, that was a uh, that that they was an went IPO. Public, yes. Oh man. Back in 2000, I believe 7 if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Those kids scooting around the mall on yeah. their wheel shoes. Yeah. That that was that was another you know it's like but it's like caught the hot trend goes public, yeah. You know? I mean I do think though like when you're a company that's been around for as long as yeah. them, like you hit a trend, you're making a lot of money, you go public, but ha- like for investors, how are they really going to carry that forward? Yeah, and from folks who say like they they do have the quality too, people no, who own it do swear by that that actually does keep you warm. It's not some kind of crazy trend. It has a purpose and a function. Well, I'll be interested if they really care about optics. They will ring the opening bell Thursday morning outside the New York Stock Exchange <laughs> in their coats, in all that snow that's going to be piled up outside. The, like, that would be if they really. You want to sell your coat? Go outside. And are they, the they going to be at the New York I don't, Stock Exchange? I actually, I, 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 I am not sure. Toronto, right? Yeah, because they're oh, so they wouldn't exchange. even be down here. I don't know. Maybe they will come. I'll have to check that out. I mean, they are Toronto. You know, like founded Dual in Toronto. Listing. Yeah. Right, yeah. but they're founded in right, Toronto. Right. I mean, they have a little bit more connection there. Well, wherever they are. All right, we should wrap it up. We've taken up enough of the good people's time. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate it, and we will catch up with you very soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.